Welcome to podcast 130 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. On this week's pod, uh, we have the usual save updates and we'll have our third part, or third and final part of our finances chat, which is to do with questions that we've had from you lot. But first of all, let's see who I'm joined by this week. Joseph, welcome. It's great to be back. Yes. You sound nice and bunged up. So commitment to the much. cause there. <laughs> you sound beautiful. Sound beautiful. Uh, David, as a party, welcome. Good day, Matthew. Good day. Good day to you too. And rounding us off is Herbals. All right. Thought All right. Thought I'd steal a, steal a Curti intro. Sydney's not here. <laughs> Got the accent on point as well, mate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that was, Dave. Your accents are normally pretty good, but that was all over the shop, son. Right, save updates. Uh, we'll start off with you, Herb, as I was watching you earlier Ooh. on the sneaky sneak. You pervert. Um, yeah, back. We're into, into season two of the um, Director of Football Challenge, the West Ham one. Joe has bought me some lovely, lovely players, managing to make money. So Philippe Anderson's gone, which bankrolled most of it. And uh, we've got in Gedson Fernandez. Which is probably he's probably going to be the standout player. There's a lot of other players that he's told me are really really good, but I'm always one to be convinced on the pitch. Uh, and also, before I get stick for it, he Joe has built a tactic that I am using as well. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so we're just winning. managing now, or uh, pretty much, yeah. I, I pretty much just turn up and add it. No, I tweaked it straight away. We we've had a few games. Um, who's the striker? Morega. Morega. I think it's the guy. Yeah, uh, he scored. Marega. Yeah, scored ample goals in pre-season. And then first game against Chelsea, misses a penalty for me. So I was like, come on. Um, but no, trying to get used to the the new patch. This one's not going away. So get used to the match engine, see what works. Try not to just play boring tactics, like high press, Gagan press stuff that you know works. Um, but yeah, we've had a good couple of games on stream. We'll be back throughout the weekend, I think. I want to push on and win something. I did witness... An absolute boom honker from Gedson. It, well, yeah. It was pretty it special. Was, it was very special. Yeah. Turns out in the box, useless, but outside of the box, nothing. I uh, I I can't remember if it came from the breakdown of a corner or a free kick or something like that. I just remember it him getting it squared to him on the edge of the area edge of the area about what, thirty five yards out and yeah. Stephen reads it. Oh Top yeah. Ends. It was beautiful. I'm I'm liking the look of him, and I've got. Uh, I, I was originally having him and Fornells fighting for position, but I've actually just moved Mr. Pablo Fornells to the left of him. Uh, and I think them two might build up a lovely little partnership in uh, in centre mid. So uh, I'm excited, excited about the season. It's good. It's always fun. It's a weird one. The first season was odd because I just started the game, and all of a sudden I had new players. I had to get used to it. Uh, I was actually kind of like sitting waiting for Joe. Saw the Twitter stuff go out, and I was like, Hoo-hoo, "Who am I going to get?" So yeah, turning on the save and just. Having a new bunch of players is a is quite it's a different way to play. It's almost like virtual stickers. <laughs> it is. That's nice. I, I, Did some I like the little sort of surprise pack. I mean, it's slightly off piste, but when I was about what six, seven, eight, maybe, uh, my dad used to come home from work on a Tuesday. He'll have been to the paper shop. He'll have got me match or shoot whichever the week. Uh, whichever was the newest one that came out that week and then a couple of packets of stickers Tuesdays were good days <laughs> Tuesdays used to good get days. football league on five live as well the dream before the Champions League used to take over anyway um, tangent aside uh, yeah. Joseph uh, I've seen a few save updates drop on com. have you? I have 
It's news to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose, yeah, my, my save update is kind of a bit of Herb's save update, really, because I did spend a couple of nights building that, that squad for him. Um, he moaned that he had a rubbish goalkeeper. He moaned that he had rubbish fullbacks. He moaned that he had a rubbish striker. Didn't say anything about himself, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, signed him a few players. He's already slagged them off like he did with the last lot. Um, who did we bring in? So, Morega, I think he's going to like Morega. Uh, Jetson yep. Fernandez, he's definitely going to enjoy. Um, I was trying to get Calvin Phillips instead of Fernandez because Fernandez feels like he's too much of a an FM signing. So, I wanted to kind of go a little bit more homegrown. Um, had the bids accepted, but then he wanted about 100 grand a week, and I was like, absolutely not. Um, and then it was just impossible. Leeds got promoted. Uh, and it was just like I'd have to have paid ridiculous money for him, and I don't think he's that good, um, despite everybody on Twitter telling me that we should sign Calvin Phillips rather than Jetson Fernandez. So sorry, everybody, I signed Jetson Fernandez and went against <laughs> literally everybody on Twitter. Um, but I think it's you know he's paid that back because he scored what four goals tonight. Yeah, I think something like that. He's going into it. He's definitely uh, he's definitely doing his fair share. Um. Yeah, signed a couple of fullbacks for you, so you got rid of that. Signed you a goalkeeper that you haven't played. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the, the tactic, to be honest, it was I, I wanted to build... The, the squad needed trimming because there was a lot of players in there, so I thought I'm just going to put like a bit of a default tactic in there just to make sure that I had I had the balance. And then, yeah, I think it was 10 pre-season games, won every single game. Morega scored 10 goals in 10 pre-season games. And I thought... I'll leave the tactic in there just in case he wants to use it. And then, as you say, they actually played really well against Chelsea in that opening game. And if yeah. Morega had scored that penalty, I think you'd have taken a point before that game had kicked off. Yeah, no, it's good. The um, it's nice to have something that's to build from that is working with my current frustrations. So yeah, I'm enjoying yeah. it. And I think I, I, you have to forgive me. I'm pretty sure when you finished last season was that on the public beta. Yeah. So there's been an update since then. So I think going to that kind of uh, four one two three kind of system, I think if you always go back a little bit default when a new new match engine comes out, it always tends to kind of be a good base to start with, and then you can start messing around with with the funky tactics. Um, yeah. But for myself, obviously, I, I've been playing my West Ham save today. Really, it's the first time I've really played FM for a couple of weeks, and it's. My save is completely different to Herb's because I'm not going along the fee I'm going along the players that I want. I've kind of said that I want to stick to having three at the back and playing two strikers. So I've mo- I've gone from having wing backs now to just playing a, th- a flat back three, defensive midfielder, a flat four across the midfield, and then two strikers, and it is beautiful. Now it's uh, I think I coined a phrase in, in one of the blogs as West Hammy. Because one game, like you could win seven nil, the next game you could lose three two, because it's it's not consistent yet. And I think a little bit of fiddling, I might be able to find something that will work for all. Um, but at the moment, it's still it feels very Kevin Keegan esque, um, where we're just going to just try and outscore any team that we play against. But I'm, I'm having fun with it at the moment. I have just realised that. <clears throat> Uh, you released the blogs on your 
blog, not on wishfromfilm.com, but never mind. I did. And uh, do you know what? I had the first one, I'd kind of written about 75% of that about three weeks ago. And then today I was like, oh, I'm going to finish that one. And as I finished it, I'd kind of, oh, I'm going to do a transfers one as well. And about an hour later, I'd done the second one. So, yeah, nothing for a little while and then two, two on the same day. Like the proverbial bus. Mm. Lovely stuff. Uh, David, Pentagon, what's going on? Pentagon. Um, yeah, I think last has week... It, has it Pentagon already? Or <laughs> No, 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 no. 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 Okay. So, um, I think last week I just obviously won the Asian Champions League with Guangzhou, or however you wish to pronounce it. Um, so, I think at this point last week, I was in a little bit of limbo with where I was going to go next. So I think that that Champions League win actually in Asia gave me quite a boost in reputation because I think, uh, like I said on the pod last week, I actually was applying for various jobs, got an interview at Chelsea. Unfortunately, they opted for Jurgen Klopp in the end. So I thought, you know what, I'm, I'll, I'll just wait around for the right opportunity really. And nothing came up because how the, champ, uh, the Asian uh, or the Chinese uh, seasons fall, it was sort of halfway through the European season. So it was a little bit awkward timing anyway. Um, so I think it took me almost a year to actually find a job that I was happy and satisfied with. Um, and in the end, I went to a team called Supersport in South Africa. So at the time, they were... The only reason I joined them really was at the time of me joining, they were still in the African Champions League and they were in the quarterfinals. I thought, wow, I could really shit out my way to a second Champions League really quickly here. Um, so they were seventh in the league. They weren't doing great. The team was okay. Um, and obviously they were in the quarterfinals of a Champions League. But unfortunately, I think I was knocked out in the semi-finals, uh, but I did manage to raise them up to a third place league finish. I only lost one game throughout the, the rest of that half season. It was in the Champions League, which was a little bit annoying. Um, but this last week, I've not really played as much FM as I have been doing. Um, it's been getting to the point where I, I chuck FM on at 10pm at night and by 11pm I'm asleep and I wake up at 2pm and my laptop's like burning my face off. So <laughs> obviously, yeah, it turned off. So I've been getting, I've, I'm halfway through the, the first full season now at Supersport. Uh, we're dick in the league. Uh, we're top of the league. Unfortunately, we're not in the African Champions League. We're in their sort of equivalent of Europa League. So we're in the African Confederations Cup. So that was like, I, I was saying to Joe earlier, like it was getting to the point now at the start of this season where it was the first time in the Pentagon Challenge that I was thinking, can I be asked for this? Because I'm going to be at, <laughs> I'm going to be at a club now. It was the first time, like in China, I absolutely loved it. It was the first time in the save where I knew I was going to be at a club for at least two years. I'd have to work to get the Champions League. Hugh, Steve Carell, it's happening. If yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm halfway through that first season now. We're top of the league. I've strengthened the team. The one the one issue is a lot. There is a lot of talented players in South Africa. Um, obviously, on really low value and really low wages. So as soon as they know there's a bit of interest from elsewhere, they'll kick up a real fuss and your players get poached no end. So... Um, but I've built a really good team there, so I'm, I'm hopeful I'll win the league and uh, next season will be the big one, really. So hopefully this time next week, we'll have an update on how we're getting on in a, possibly an African Champions League winning season. Lovely stuff. I, I, I'm I eager to see what happens next week now then. I know. I think the next video is just going to be a bit awkward because obviously I, I joined Supersport halfway through the season and only did a half season. And I didn't win the Champions League and I didn't get Champions League football. So I thought there's no real point in me doing a, a whole video on a half a season. So I'm going to do a, a, a vi the next video reviewing this full season I've just had. And obviously at the start, talk about the half season. So it's going to be a sort of a mishmash of a, 
I normally pull what season it is, and I don't really know what to put as the title yet. So we'll see. We'll see what I'll come up with. Go for a Naked Gun esque title. <laughs> I don't I know pretend I know what that is, Matt, but I don't. So I'll see. <laughs> oh my god, you don't know what the Naked Gun is. It, yeah, sorry, it wasn't thirty three and a third. Yeah. Oh, okay, I get you. Etc. Yeah. Anyway, um, no real save update from me this week. Other sure. than I'm actually going to see Ketching play this weekend. Oh. So hopefully that'll give you. Uh, well, uh, so the the reason why I've been sort of holding off doing anything um, was mainly down to my back being fucked, and I had a meeting with the consultant this week, um, basically to see what the next step was going to be, whether it was going to be surgery or alternative things, and we're going for alternative thing first, and then if that doesn't work, then we'll go for surgery. So. I was sort of waiting for the outcome of that because what I didn't want to do is sort of stream for another week, two weeks tops, and then end up having to be disabled for a while, quite both literally and metaphorically. So, um, because the the like they went through the surgery options with me this week, and it's quite invasive, and it would probably mean that I am like bedridden for a while because things get pulled around, and I'm just. Yeah, sitting would not be an option. Shotgun anyway. off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's either way. It's not ideal. So hopefully, um, because it's going to be a few months now until I have this sort of less invasive, less uh, less invasive procedure that I'll uh, be able to spend a bit more time actually playing FM and streaming a bit more, and the work thing will calm down and all of that nonsense. So hopefully. Not too distant future, things will start kicking on again, which would be nice because I like I miss even though I don't the memes are great for, for you guys, but <laughs> I do I do miss sort of actually being able to just plough time into it. Um and say work schedule's been a bit all over the place, which has meant the time where I'd either normally stream, whether it be in the day or in at night, just isn't there. Uh amongst uh, alongside other things. So it'd be good to get back into the ring. Should we move on to our Listeners' questions for finances section. Um, I've, I've really balls that title up, but never mind. Uh, Boom. We'll s- <laughs> <laughs> team meeting. Uh, thank you, Joe. I don't have to edit that in now. In fact, I'd prefer I have, I've uh, switched to a more, uh, I guess, less terrifying just transitional Dream sound meeting. as opposed to people thinking their ears are falling off. Um, we'll start off with the first question that I've got queued up which is from the boy who gamed or jord with a thundercloud inventive uh do travel costs actually affect finances in football manager short answer yes they do it's on the expenditure screen um you and you will notice if you're playing like a lot of foreign friendlies that you'll spend a lot of money on travel arrangements now i don't know for certain but it was always kind of one of those myths that if you set up like um, you was playing all the games like a tour over in China or something like that, that the travel was actually individual. So it was there and back, there and back, there and back. Not you went there, you stayed there and that was it. Uh, I can't remember who wrote about it a little while ago, but it was something I kept meaning to ask and I, I haven't found out yet. But travel costs, yes, they definitely are a thing. There we go. That was that was. Quite clear cut, cut and mm. shut. Stupendous. Lovely stuff. Uh, 
Richard Fryer at Bearded Wonder eighty four. Can you see a breakdown anywhere of individual player shirt sales? I see news items saying signing increased shirt sales, but can you see a specific amount anywhere? Three question marks. I don't think so. Joe might correct me, but I don't think he can. Herb, the, her Herb, the accountant, prefers not to speak. <laughs> um, again, it just comes under merchandising. Um, you will obviously see, if you sign a, a kind of high-profile player in, and you get the news item that says um, this will see a sharp increase in shirt sales, the only thing that I, I think you'd be able to do is compare your shirt sales year on year to see what the increase is, but that you can't see it kind of by individual player. I guess you could maybe come to some form of uh, rough breakdown because it gives you the the sort of the player with the most shirt sales as referenced in the question. So if you really are that bothered by it, you can try and reverse engineer something. Yeah. It's never going to be 100% accurate, but you'll be able to see that of the 500 grand, for example, you've made in shirt sales, the, the top earner or the top sale... Uh, was a particular player. Lovely stuff. These are these are quite easy to answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 rare. We normally ramble on for ages, but this is quite nice. Uh, quick fire round uh, uh, from Mark, uh, which is at G One MDS. Uh, what is your best advice on contracts? Question mark appearance fee or higher salary? So, I mean, we did cover sort of expenditure last week, so Mm. you might get some better answers or more sort of more global answers from what we covered last week. But um, as Joe wasn't here last week, maybe he'll have be able to impart some of his own specific wisdom on this as well. No, I'm letting the other two answer. I was about to say, I'll start (laughs) because Joe will probably shut down everything I say anyway. So, um, yeah, um, well. it depends really on, on, on certain things. Like I think I said last week, uh, when I was in China in the Pentagon Challenge, I have a wage cap. And when I was signing Chinese players from abroad who were on much bigger wages, I had to um, had to integrate all these clauses and, and, and such really. But uh, it, normally I'll go into a negotiation with a player. One, looking at a scout report, what the scout reckons he's going to be asking for. Two, in relation to what other players and uh, are earning in my squad. And and free the actual money that I've got in my club. I'm not. I don't really want to overspend on a player, however good they are. Um, so yeah, the way the wage obviously is the, is the one thing. But I do tend to use a lot of um, additional fees. Your appearances, your unused substitute fees, quite a good one as well. Uh, if you think that this is going to be a first team player who's going to start a lot of games, your unused substitute fee you could even afford to put up a little bit higher, um, and and your appearance fee possibly a little bit lower to to counterbalance that. Uh, if you're not going to be at a club for a long time as well, sell on fee percentage. It's a bit sneaky, but if you can entice a player with that as well, uh, although you're going to leave your old club in the shit, which I'm going to do a lot in the Pentagon Challenge, add on these sell on fee percentages. Uh, but if you are really desperate to get a player, I think that's a, that's another good one as well. Uh, but to add to your question, I'd probably say up your appearance fees slash unused sub fee over the, your wage if you can anyway. Yeah, I think we went through quite a lot of it last week, didn't we, on on how effective the different fees and stuff are and whether some yeah. of them are a bit gamey rather than simulation. So using sell-on fee percentages, knowing that you could, what, dupe's story about. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Knowing you're not going to be there for more than two years, so screw the, the side over. I think I always try 
And again, it will all depend on the save. If you've got loads of money, then I don't I don't really pay that much attention. But um, when you're in the lower leagues, looking at trying to get a balance across your team. So when you are going on, on uh, salaries, trying to make sure that you benchmark, you don't go above what you've got in there, that if you're looking at your team, you're you're spending proportionally to the, the ability of that player and where you think they're going to go. And I think with the planes, I've not done a lot of it this year. I think I haven't had a really long, I haven't had a really long save yet, but um, using the playtime pathways to judge, okay, well, if the player's coming at this level, then his wage should be between this gap. He'll then move up during the years and therefore he'll move up. I need to move players on and, and thinking about it a bit more. But it'll depend on the amount of money you've got. If you've got the big guns spend it spend it all slight tangent although it was it's it's sort of born of what you just said about gamifying uh things uh the uh it was in fm 19 uh where i'd i may be in malaysian actually i can't remember anyway uh i i was having a bit of a, a moment when i was being usurped from middlesbrough and so i decided i was going to get some players to sign 50 or contracts with 50% wage increases um, for the next year. And then after I left, they managed to get them to sign new contracts within like a week of me leaving that removed that clause. So Mm. whilst I was being like naughty and putting those in in the first place, if you've you've literally just signed a contract that has 50% wage increase for the next year, you wouldn't go and sign a contract that then removes that because there was no wage increase or anything it just removed it ah so the game ungamifies it but yeah the game gamifying (laughs) game recognises game (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I, I was just going to say I I quite I quite like those answers um, because my answer would be very similar and it's you have to do it in relation to the club that you're at Um, and Really, two examples I, I suppose I give, would, and it won't surprise you that Daniel Levy likes to add clauses rather than a higher basic salary. So he, Harry Kane is kind of the perfect example of it because he's on a high appearance bonus and he's on a higher goal bonus with a relatively low wage for his, I don't know, his, his stature in, in the club and in the you know in world football. Um, and that's what Levy likes to do is you know incentivize the players. To, you know, to perform its performance-based pay, um, yeah. in outside of kind of football, um, Red Bull Racing, they do the same thing with their drivers. They're, they're heavily uh, incentivized on kind of race results and team results, rather than kind of having higher salaries. So it is definitely a business model that, that some people will take. Um, and then you've got Harry Redknapp on the flip side of it, that when he got asked. Um, when a, when you're signing a striker and they wanted to add a goal bonus, he's what? What do you want a goal bonus for? Like, you're a striker. That's literally what I'm paying you to do. And <laughs> yeah. so it, it really depends on your character as a manager and, and the club you're at. Like you say, we, Herb said, if you're if you've got millions, then you know I think people tend to not look at the contract so much. But if you are in the lower leagues, you need to think about it because if you're signing a backup player, it's probably better to sign them on a lower wage with, with a higher appearance fee. Because then, if you're only going to be playing them, say one one game a month, you know you're you're going to benefit from having that lower kind of expenditure. 
talking about all those bonuses reminds me of that clip from that Barry Fry documentary when he's seeing the contract negotiation. <laughs> Sold to the best in the blue blazer. <laughs> he was like, how much? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's agent's like, you're saying we had a survival bonus. You like that, don't you? Survival bonus. He goes, I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the player that they were referring to, or that was sort of that feature, yeah. Miguel de Souza, fucking awful. Yeah. He was, he was fair, in diamonds I, for a season. I watched that shocking. documentary of High Hopes, and it was probably one of the worst hours of my life I ever spent. <laughs> it was so shit. <laughs> there was quite a lot of because uh, there was he, Barry Fry was in a lot of those dodgy documentaries because there was a Sky was so, Big, Big Ron manager. Yeah. It was almost so fake though, like it was just so yeah. rehearsed a lot of it. Yeah. Apart so from like, when the uh, I can't remember the guy the it was a I think it was a Scouser. The manager, and he just walked out at half time. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was recently, though, wasn't it? Wasn't? No, was no, it wasn't. It wasn't. That's uh, in that I've seen that. He just walks out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the opportunity, but I'm off. <laughs> <He just walks laughs> out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they couldn't because that that that. Uh, I mean, we are massive tangents galore tonight, but that that Peterborough team had some decent players in it. To be fair, that I say decent. Shocking. One decent player. What? Sean St. <laughs> Ledger, Aaron Sean McLean, Ledger, <laughs> Craig yeah. McHale Smith. <laughs> he wasn't there at that point, was he? Oh, I, don't well, think. I don't know. Yeah, it was a while ago. Anyway, uh, <laughs> next question uh, from Grieve or Grieve Seventeen on Twitter: Can you share your best stories about how you've gone from unreasonable asking price to something you're willing to pay by unsettling the player and forcing the club's or the other club's hand? I think Joe could probably answer this about the teach pursuit, rip teach. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, yes. it's it's widely known, isn't it? That if you if you put a bit of time in, you can normally unsettle them and get a kind of better deal. I'm I'm trying to think of a time when it's been really high and then you've ended up getting it really low. I'm just trying to think if I've had it recently. I mean, I obviously had it the opposite way with Calvin Phillips for Herb. Um, mm. I think it was about twenty million I had it accepted for, and by the time he'd cocked it up, his agent had kind of screwed me over. They wanted about forty million for him. So it can work the other way as well by getting too involved. Um, but yes, obviously the you know if you've got a player that's got a higher he's valued higher by their their team. You know sometimes unsettling them, get them to force you know um, the club to put them on the transfer list and things like that. You will reduce it. But off the top of my head, I can't remember anybody that was on big money or wanted big money. And then we managed to kind of get it a lot cheaper. And I can't think off the top of my head. I will think about it, but I'm just trying to think. When, you know, remember in the network save day when we played? Yeah. And we got, and I got Lautaro Martinez. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he was, had a higher value. And then we man, I managed to get him again. I think I paid him in terms of contract. I think he had every single clause available and every sell on fee because I was never going to sell him. But I'm pretty sure that oh, they we, wanted we over 100 million. We were both looking at him, weren't we? We yeah. were both looking at signing him, and I think I sort of backed out of it because of the monetary value, and you got no him for shit. a lot better deal than I wanted. And he didn't score for yeah. a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've I've had the flip. I mean, I went into it a little bit last week where forcing other clubs up, so using when clubs come in for your players right at the end of transfer windows just to keep eking it up. And then that last day, if you're willing just to keep tapping it up and going, no, I want two million, and then tap it up a bit, they're like, no, it's one. No, I want two. I want two, and then they'll come in, poof, and you get it. And I had a few with the Leighton Orient save where I sold players who had a bit of potential um, 
And then the ones that were good, I ended up buying back for like a hell of a lot less a season or two later, uh, which at the time was brilliant. Just bringing players back when they come back in, they knew the club, they were achieving their potential, maybe not the max, but they'd come back in as backup players where you'd sell them for three or four million and buy them back for half a million two seasons later. It made a shit ton of money for the club. That just reminded me of exactly the same thing that happened to me before we before we just started recording. Um, I had Evan and Dicker. Uh, I signed him for six and a half million from Frankfurt, and I'd put when he signed his contracts, I put a thirty million release clause in there, and then literally on the last day of the January window, Leverkusen came in and they bid like twelve and a half million, something like that, with a load of add-ons that come to about mm. fifteen, sixteen, and he, he was still valued at seven million. And I thought, I don't really want to sell him because he is quite good. So I just kept kicking 30 million, 30 million and yeah. suggesting. And they kept coming back. Then obviously they get to the final offer and you obviously it wasn't 30 million. So I just rejected it. And then the next thing I know, just get an inbox saying, oh, Leverkusen have bid 30 million pound. As it meets his release call, the board have automatically accepted it. And I'm like, so from a finance point of view, get them release clauses in there. If you, mm. if you could think that, it's going to generate good money. I mean, I've just signed Declan Rice up. He, he had a, he's got four years left on his contract, so I've now just given him an extension, which will go up to five years. But he's now got a hundred and fifty million pound release clause. So I'm kind of happy that if someone come in and went, we'll give you a hundred and fifty million. See ya. That's what I do. I do that a lot with uh, with players. I think especially when I'm managing like a Premier League level sort of team. I think my best example of it recently was when I was managing, um, I did that quick season with Wolves before I started the Pentagon Challenge offline. I had Diogo Jota, who was pretty pivotal to my system. And Man United came in with a bid for him. Um, and I thought, you know what, Jota's good. He's not irreplaceable, but he'd be difficult to replace. So I said, if he were to go, I'd want 100. Uh, I knew he wasn't worth it, but I said to United, I want 100 million. And they were still suggesting offers. So I thought... They're obviously really interested and they've obviously got the money. So I'll put it down to 90 million. They went up and I put it down to 80 million, which for me is a ridiculous value for Jota. As good as he is, you know, you'll take 80 million and they went for it. So I think as long as you know, especially in the back of your head, if you've got Man City or Liverpool or any of these big Premier League teams bidding for your players, you know they've got money. So just play hard to get and they'll they'll back down eventually. And, you know, you're going to get some serious money for, albeit good players, but you're getting some serious money that you wouldn't get any anywhere else, really. And I think that's the other thing as well. I remember, I always come back to this, I remember Joe saying every player has a price. And you know what it's yeah. like when you're trying to flog a dead horse and you want to make money, you don't, you don't, you can't get rid of them. But actually, you will make money if you sell players at the right time and, and you're operating on the, everybody has a price. And if I get what I want for them, I can improve the team way more by selling an informed yeah. player. The case in point of what well, both of you was kind of saying about uh, Harry Maguire, where United were stalking him for ages over two transfer windows. Leicester weren't budging on the price and they paid it eventually. So yeah. it, it's, I guess it's a tactic that most of the smaller teams have started doing because of the money being thrown around. Yeah, I think in, in real life terms, I think Maguire was settled-ish at Leicester, uh, I, you know, he wasn't kicking up a fuss and refusing to pay. And you're not, you know, Leicester knew United was stalking him for how long, so Leicester could almost name their price for him. With him being English as well, you know, that adds value mm-hmm. on. So, um, I think Leicester are in a pretty good position. I think they've reaped the benefits of that quite, quite massively as well. And I think that's that's down to the finances that are in the Premier League now. I think there's probably 15 clubs in the Premier League that, if they didn't want to sell a player, they won't sell a player uh, yeah. because the money's, you know, they're going to be generating money kind of year on year. 
anyway. It's only the clubs that have kind of come up and may go back down again that, you know, sometimes you think like Wan-Bissaka, for instance, you know, they had to take 50 million, didn't they? Because that secures the club and the club's finances, you know, for you know, for a long time. But, yeah, I was just trying to, what was I going to say about Herb mentioned saying, oh, selling a, a player at the right time. I was trying to sell Lanzini in the director of football save and we couldn't even get 10 million for him. And then I think someone was in Herb's chat and he went, oh, I sold him to Juventus for like 70 million or something. Yeah. So it really depends. Like, you know, sometimes you might have to play these players to, to get their value up, to get rid of them. The whole putting them in the shop window. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. yeah. I th- well, I think there must be something in the background. Well, I guess even to a point in real life as well, where it's, like if you are putting it's not like putting something on eBay where like someone's trash is another person's treasure it's you've got to convince other teams that they're worth the risk and yeah. now with with the sort of more teams having access to more money uh, not only does it sort of tend to inflate transfer fees sort of um from the from the Premier League down because you've seen sort of the inflated transfer fees of certain players in the championship also means that as joe was saying that teams don't have to sell but they're they're able to be more care or less careful with money so they don't have to be so you think about leicester like when they first joined the premier league they didn't that like the the year where they were first promoted or the after they just survived they spent 40 million pounds and and on the team sort of improving the team that in in the end won the league for them now, they're spending that you know they spent that on two players, which is which is bonkers really in like only a few seasons in comparison. So that just the the extra money everywhere uh, has a, a drastic effect, I think, oh, on on everything. I mean, I, I guess that's a, a bit of a a rather broad statement, but the the impact that just the the sponsorship money and uh, TV money and everything like that that's now floating around has completely changed the dynamic in the Premier League at least where you're saying that, that there are 15 teams that sort of bar the ones that have just been promoted um, I'd say perhaps Sheffield United are maybe the, the exception to that rule although they've been very careful with, with their transfers Um and perhaps Norwich to a to a point, but there are yeah, very Norwich, few... Norwich haven't spent a lot, and I think this is part of their their model is that knowing that there's a good chance that they'll go down, they've they're going to reap the rewards of television money, um, and obviously then parachute payments maybe yeah. do similar to what Burnley done, where they they knew they were going to kind of yo yo for a bit, and then they could come back and be a stable club, and I think Norwich are trying to do that rather than spending a load of money. And then going down and then having to sell those players, you know, it normally takes, I think I've read a few bits where it's like, if you've signed a lot of players when you've got promoted, I think like someone like Fulham, for instance, they'll they'll go up, they'll sign players in their contracts, they'll have like a 50% relegation clause. Mm. So if they get relegated, so then they go down, they'll play that first season and then they've got to try and sell them and, and it it could take them three seasons to kind of get rid of that player and then and then start building again, so that's why you see teams like Stoke and players like that. I, I think it was, I'm sure it was. Who's the who's the centre midfielder they've got, Dave? 
Stoke. Who's that? Um, they, they've got Mbula. Is it Mbula? And Ndai as well. Yeah. They can't sell those players because if they sell them, they'll foul financial fair play. So they have mm. to keep employing them because obviously they'll have to they write off their losses. That'll make them foul financial fair play. So they have to they have to keep the players under contract. So how mad's that? Uh, yeah. the, I mean, you using the Stokers the example like that they they were one of those teams that I think almost expected to not stay up but then sort of against the odds because of their the way of playing they were able to uh, to basically play to their strengths and other teams weren't expecting them to play that particular way in the Premier League and so defied the odds stayed up and therefore were able to then but invest but they didn't invest straight away they'd spent a few seasons consolidating before they started spending big money then they changed their style then they got relegated so they ended up fucking themselves on it really Stoke are a bit of an, 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 an anomaly because they are like, I don't know, top seven, eight Premier League kind of money in terms of what their owners are worth and what they want to put into mm-hmm. the club. Um, it's not that they never, they didn't want to not spend the money, it's that they couldn't spend the money because of FFP. And they're arguing at the moment that why should, you know, they, their owners have got the money to invest in the club, why shouldn't they be allowed to do it? And I think we're seeing this now with different owners that they're kind of saying, well, look, we could just bankroll this. You know, we've been with the club for X amount of times. Why can't we spend our money on our football club? So, yeah, Stoke are a strange one because they've got money and there's a little bit of shadiness around how they're getting around FFP at the moment. I know we've gone massively off topic, but the whole Bet365 thing, it does interest me quite a lot how they're kind of circumnavigating FFP at the moment. (laughs) Hashtag save ideas. Yeah, <laughs> this this sort of the tangent has neatly led into another question though, which is from uh, from Magnus Kunberg or Kunberg. I'm not sh- sure how I'm supposed to pronounce that with the umlaut over the o. But uh, anyway, uh, how much can you be in the red before something happens? In my current League Two save season three, I am below the wage budget but losing money almost every month. Uh, I think is now around 1.5 million in the red. Last season, they got a cash injection of 600k. Amateur. What league did you say he was in again? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dave. What... what league did you say he was in again? Sorry, he's currently in League Two. I don't mean financial fair play is not really that strict. Is there financial fair play in League Two? It, you, everybody has to work within certain losses. The problem you've got is that it depends what the projections are. So you, it doesn't. You could be any any type of club. It really depends what your projections are before something happens. Like at the moment, I'm fifty million in the red at West Ham, but at the end of the season, you're going to get eighty million in TV rights. You're going to get, you know, the potential that your squad is valued at a certain amount. So it really depends what your squad's worth, what your projections are in terms of income before, you know you'll see the transfer percentages just dwindle if you have no money. Um, but in terms of actually somebody coming in, I, I've not got to a point where I've seen an administrator coming in or uh, you know the Bolton situation happen. I've seen it to other clubs, but I've never had it myself, where like even if things have been pretty drastic, I've never had the point where basically... Th- the only time, I guess, where I've had anything like that is when you get the old transfer embargo because of... Mm-hmm. Uh, takeovers and things like that um, and I've had takeovers where the 
they've they've basically taken over and then they've put the club into more debt than they were before the takeover. So that's always been great. Hi, the Glazers. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, the worst I've seen is that it becomes impossible to sign your players on contracts where they take away transfer budget and then they start taking away wage budget and you can't offer comparable wages because they say you haven't got enough money to do it. So then you can find yourself really screwed. There's a lot of, they're quite fun clubs to be at though. I think I had that with uh, Orient when I first started there is that they did, they were down in the uh, Vanarama National League and it was about really spending under the wage budget to make sure you're balancing that income versus mm. expenditure and then doing things like we've spoke about in the first of the finance episodes to try and get money in to give them a better projection so you knew what was going on and then buying you, selling, trying to make money however you can to ensure that you have cash available. But yeah, sometimes you will have to manage it and they'll give you a wage budget and you know you have to spend a lot less than that to keep your club safe. I think clubs at that sort of level, they tend to know that they're going to be running them at a loss and it's more of a a love for the game sort of deal than a uh, profit-making thing. Uh, because it's just so hard to to guarantee a gate every single week, um, even in League Two, let alone sort of if you go any further down the the, the pyramid. So, uh, um, yeah, I think you. I don't know if it's a case of the game is more lenient, or whether it's just a case of that that is it's kind of an expectation that you aren't going to be making money unless you get lucky with a player. Um, sort of getting bought for a large sum of money or you've had previously had a player um, that was maybe before your stewardship of the club but you're able to sell on a big clause for a, a sizable chunk or an FA Cup run or whatever else that you can get where it's not a sort of a I guess a projected figure that could be included because sort of any sort of business they, they have the, the figures that they know they're going to be getting so we can work out roughly what our gate is going to be each game depending on who we're playing so we can have a, a rough stab in the dark at that and then minus the wages and transfer costs and, and you know just generally running a club and keeping the lights on because I remember when uh, Kettering nearly got to the point where they were they fell out of existence because they moved to Nen Park after the landlords kicked them out of Rockingham Road and they basically this is a a big stadium compared to where they were, which they couldn't afford to run because they were in the like there were there would have been Southern League Premier at that point, and this was like a a six thousand seater state or six thousand four thousand seater but six thousand capacity stadium that they were getting two hundred people turning up to. So when you've got you know the same happened with Darlington where they like the the owner goes and sort of builds a what 25,000 seat stadium when they're still in the conference and that was you know there's all sorts of financial irregularities that we're getting off on tangents for but the, the I guess what I'm trying to get to is that I think you'll be okay even if you are sort of a fair fairly sizable amount in the red um, as long as things sort of balance a bit better towards the end of the season the, the other thing is you can always self-sabotage to a point where you do spend even further under the wage budget don't sign anyone for any transfer fees just to try and make sure that you know you're not bankrupt in the club even if uh, the the powers that be are trying their best to <laughs> uh i think 
maybe final question. Uh, so we got time for a quiz uh, from Baz Croxon or at Bazwaldo80. Top three tips to squeezing money out of the coffers and into the transfer slash wage budget. Hmm. I guess I guess listen to the past two pods. Yeah, yeah there's, there's <laughs> that. that, and I think always asking for money. You know, how many people actually go to the board and ask for more money? True. So that's that's Not always something that always remember. Go and ask. I think everyone's scared of pissing them off, but I think as long as you you don't really push them to the edge, don't give them an ultimatum yeah. saying yeah. give don't me fifty grand yeah. or I'm going. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless it, unless you're kind of in that position where like if I don't spend any money, I, I can't do anything. So sod it. Yeah, give them an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. I guess there's always the other thing of um, like not just necessarily asking them for more money, but asking the board to handle the transfers like for a particular yeah. player if you don't have the money for him ask them to go and say that we need this player to improve and then see what they say i obviously will come out of your budget but they might magically find this money that wasn't there previously yeah and you do have to then deal with the the consequences of that which is them potentially negotiating an awful deal for a player and then uh, you then being stuck with them for longer than you anticipated or spending way more on them and then that having an impact season on season after that. I wonder if with the um, with the club visions, because I thought that's quite, they're quite good in terms of if you're getting frustrated because your club won't put money in and they're not investing, but then now you'll be able to see if their vision is just, we just want to stay where we are. We're not interested in pushing too aggressively. I wonder if on the flip you have quite an aggressive one or uh, a vision of signing high profile players where you, you'll get luckier with using those options. So if you if your board are saying, I want you to sign big players, and you go, well, I can't sign big players because you didn't give me any money, can you do this one? They're more likely to do it if the vision is more aggressive. It's a question to a question. But. Yeah. I think answering this as well, we'll answer a couple of other questions that we had where um, Shrinaldo asked about, you know, getting rid of your kind of reserve team if you're not going to use them. Um, yeah. And that's that's a good way of kind of generating some money. If you, I've I've had it quite a few times where I'm just like I run, I have nobody in my reserves, so you you haven't got any wasted expenditure at all. Um, I said that's quite a good way of kind of generating a little bit more money. Um, and I'm just trying to think what the other one was, but Herb's got his hand up, so crack on, mate. No, I was only going to agree that I was looking at Shrew's question. That's exactly what I did in the European journeyman when I was trying to build a team when you've got one thousand two hundred pounds to build a squad and you want to get. A, a decent 22 and you can't even afford 22 players well then get rid of coaches get rid of all the youth team coaches get rid of all the youth team because at that low low level the chances of picking up a wonder kid who's going to be sold is is low so you're better off taking a safer approach cutting as much expenditure as you can and just running super super lean um, and it worked well for me it's the only way I managed to afford a team that was worth well had enough players in it essentially I do like that approach super lean I like it super lean could have been the, a good forest green save. <gasps> Hashtag green, save green super lean machine, <laughs> etc. Anyway, thank you very much for everyone that has sent in questions. It is appreciated. And I think any that we haven't directly answered, we have answered it indirectly through various tangents and the past two pods that we have covered. So thank you all the same for getting in touch anyway. Right, David Azo Pardi, quiz time, sunshine. It's time for the quiz yes sir 
I'm back on the quiz. However, this one was written by Curti this week. He was meant to be with us, but sadly he is not. He's bailed on us. Um, so if it is shit, it's Curti's fault, not mine. But uh, <laughs> I did have, I did have at least one tweet. Yeah, a disclaimer. I did have at least one tweet praising my quiz last week. So oh, big really? thanks to Naldo, who I bunged five pounds to tweet that as well. So big thanks. So uh, this is, as I say, this is all Curti's work. So to round off this hat trick of pods revolving around money, I thought this week's quiz could focus on the dark side of football finances. Ooh. Yeah. So um, this time everyone has to answer because of last week's antics. Um, we won't do antics. minus one. Yeah, antics. You mean where I was robbed? But okay. Well, it was a, it was a, Matt <laughs> beat you by four points. The antics are where I, sure, I so. picked the answers. I, I chose the Yeah, yeah. So you have to answer. Now, we're not doing minus one. Jeez. Um but uh, yeah, just a standard point and uh, shout your name if you know the answer. So question one, which current Yorkshire-based championship club entered administration at the end of 2006-2007 season and was subsequently relegated to League One? There were a lot of words in that question. Can you read it again? Current Yorkshire-based championship club entered administration at the end of the 06-07 season Herb. and were then Herb. relegated. I was in there first. Surely I was there first. I think, yeah, I did hear her. Leeds. Yeah, correct. Sorry, man. I, th- I, th- I, th- I, th- I was like, I, was I thought you said Premier thought- League at first. And I was like, what? Yeah, it was- I didn't think the Yorkshire thing would give it away quite quickly, but you know. I would think so. I was a bit, I thought maybe Wednesday may have. But- yeah, yeah, actually it was Wednesday, possibly even Barnsley, but yeah, anyway. In February 2010, which club became the first and still the only Premier League club to enter administration? Joe. Joe. West Ham? Incorrect. It's not, it's not incorrect, but... Go on, Matt. Portsmouth. Correct. Well, that, that again, blame Curtie. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> when the old biscuit baron ran out of money, the administrators come when, in. What, when was it? Premier, Liter- before it, it, Premier League? No, it was literally no. when, before um, Gold Sullivan Brady took yeah. over. So it was 10 years ago. Well done, Curtie. The same year that you put uh, finger in. <laughs> Share <Anyway>. the points. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever's three. written down is, is the correct answer. <laughs> Question three. Which former manager was found not guilty of tax avoidance in 2012 after allegedly using his dog's name to open Herb. a bank account Herb. Herb. in Monaco? Harry Redknapp. Yeah, correct. Yes. <laughs> Finally, a finance quiz on any answers to. Come on. <laughs> Question four. Ken Bates has had his fingers in a lot of pies throughout English football over the years. He was involved in the forming of the Premier League, the development of Wembley Stadium, but he's most well known for his stints as chairman of Leeds and Chelsea. How much did Ken Bates buy... Nerd? One pound. Yeah, how much did Ken Bates buy Chelsea for in 1982? One pound. Correct. I'm just going to issue a little, a, a slight apology to Curti. Oh, okay. It was an asset management company, not necessarily an administrator. Okay. I know I know he's a stickler for the criteria, so uh, I bet you he's paused the pod as you did that and he's going mad at you. And then he comes back <laughs> and and, uh, He won't, he's got a new job, he ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> Question five. Which current Premier League club entered administration in February two thousand and eight whilst in League One? were relegated to League Two and then had to start their League Two campaign with minus seventeen points as they'd failed to exit administration before the start of the 08-09 season. 
current Premier League club? Nerd. Nerd. Bournemouth. Correct. Oh. Question six. During the 2006 Calcio Poli scandal in Italian football, where clubs were found to have been influencing referee selection for Serie A matches, three clubs were relegated to Serie B as a consequence. Those clubs were Juventus, Lazio and which other club? I knew that was going to be. I thought Nerd. a couple of you would bite at this one early. Yeah, I was, well, I was about to. Yeah, that's why I read it earlier. I was like, that's clever. Nerd. Nerd? Torino? Incorrect. Herb. Herb. No, I've, I've jumped in and I don't know. Shout an Italian team. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, I've, no, uh, I've always Palmer, but it's not, is it? No, sorry, incorrect. Go on, Joe. It's, it's Verona or Regina. It's Regina. Is it Regina? It was Juventus, Lazio and Fiorentina. Oh, Fiorentina. No, I didn't know that one. Believe it or not. Question seven. Which London-based Premier League club went into administration in 2010, January 2010, whilst in the Championship? Joe. Joe. QPR? Incorrect. I didn't actually listen to any of that question. <laughs> so, could you repeat it? Sorry. Which London-based Premier League club oh, went yeah. into administration in January 2020, 2020, 2010 whilst in the Championship? Wait, that wasn't Herb. Herb. Was it West Ham? Incorrect. <laughs> We're not in the championship at that point. Go on, Matt. Because 2010 uh, was the year. Charlton. Incorrect. It was Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Oh. I think it's when Warnock was in it, charge. It was, yeah, it was when Warnock was in charge. Because he'd been to QPR, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, to in London, ain't he? <laughs> fucking London, that's why. I'm fucking London. Question eight. Who was the manager when Scottish Giants Rangers went into liquidation in 2012? Herb. Herb. Is it Walter Smith? Incorrect. Ah. Nerd. Nerd. Ali McCoist. Correct. Ah, Ali McCoist. Question nine. They were there at the same time. How many points did Bolton have deducted at the start of the 1920 League One season? Nerd. Nerd. 12, well, minus 12. Yeah, correct. And question 10. Thinking, the 1920 league season. How's he going to know that? 1920. Yeah, 2019, 20 season. Sorry to confuse it on there. Yeah, 2019, 20 season. <laughs> we did put 2019, 20 seasons. I just, I just abbreviated. But yeah, it was curious for. Question 10. In 1995, which manager was found guilty of accepting a bung during the transfer of Danish midfielder John Jensen? George Graham. Oh, Joe. George Graham. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it you, Joe. <laughs> George Graham. Correct. Um, do we want the tiebreaker just to finish this off? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, well. TB is Kurt's called it. Not as long as they're not actually required, then No, no, no. We it. can have a bit of fun with this. Which former Liverpool goalkeeper was accused of, but later acquitted Joe. of match fixing? Go on. Bruce Grobbler. Yeah, that's correct. I'll give you the point, Joe. Other goalkeeper involved in that saga? Hans Sager's. There yeah. you go. Hans Sager. Good, good console. <laughs> so in reverse order I've included the tiebreak in this in joint second Herb and Joe with two fuck yes I answered some and questions. way out in front with five it's Matt with another big victory after last week 
stealing it on the tiebreaker. After last week. Cheating. 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 I mean, Cheating. no. Well done, Kurt. Nice quiz. It was good. Enjoyed it. Yeah, that was actually, Chris Kurt. If he could just write them and not turn up, I seem to enjoy those ones. <laughs> I'm saying goodbye, folks, now, because I've got to drop the Browns off at the Super Bowl. <laughs> 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 oh dear me right I haven't even done the outro I've died <sighs> right I will once again say thank you very much for all of your questions uh, please continue to send them in we don't have to have a specialist question section for you to send them please just tweet them at 5 Star Pod. anyway that brings Episode 130 to a close. You can find the links for each verse, the Five Star Pod Twitter account, and Weestream FM Discord server in the post. Uh, per, 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 per. It's the hey. peas, man. It's all about the peas. The podcast description, or by visiting weestreamfm.com, where you can also find the blogs that have been released this past week. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms, with a new podcast released every Monday. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. Bye. And Joe, obviously. Poopy.